If you're a service provider, you've almost certainly been there. You've worked with a needy client who likes to micromanage. You've experienced scope creep at the end of a project. You've been expected to meet last minute deadlines. And all these situations have left you wondering if there are actually dreamy clients out there at all. Or maybe it even has you questioning if you're cut out for this work. We hear you and we are here for it. In today's episode, we're doing a deep dive on the mindset you need to reduce client emails, last minute deadlines, and scope creep, all while maintaining that client relationship and positioning you as a trusted service provider that they want to keep hiring and referring again and again. Sound too good to be true? Then you need to tune in for this one because it's going to totally shift your mindset around what it takes to keep clients happy. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Melissa Morris. Melissa is a business operations consultant who specializes in client processes, which includes client onboarding, management, and offboarding. She uses her 10 years of client management experience to help service-based business owners streamline and automate these processes, as well as teach them how to set client expectations and create and hold boundaries. She frees business owners from overwhelm so they can actually work on their business and not just in their business. Melissa, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so excited to have you. Um, So talk to me a little bit. I read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words what it is that you do and why you do it. Sure. So I work with service-based business owners, and I help them to streamline and automate their client processes. Um, And the reason why that's so important is because as a service provider, when we're working with lots of clients, it can be very easy to get stuck in client overwhelm with client work, client demands, client emails and such. And really the best way to start to get all of that under control so you can actually start focusing on growing your business and not just client work is by getting some really clear and really strong client processes in place. Ooh, I love that. So tell me a little bit, how did you get into this type of work? I have 10 years client management experience and I got that actually working in ad agencies. So I spent just over a decade working in the ad world and my position there was being like the project manager, client manager. I was very much in charge of keeping us on task, keeping timelines. And then of course I was responsible too for keeping our clients happy right? Um, Clients who are happy keep coming back. They give the agency more money to spend. They give them more responsibility. They give them referrals. And so that is what I spent a lot of time doing. 
And what's funny is, I guess it was just over four years ago at this point, I left the agency I was working at and I I and I loved my job. I was not one of these people who thought, oh, I'm grinding away at the nine to five. I hate this. I loved my job. But I now had my second baby. I was looking for a lot more flexibility. Um, the pay wasn't great. And I knew that I could, you know, quickly get that on my own. And so I left the agency and thought, well, I'm gonna start my own ad business, like not a full agency, but do marketing consulting for local businesses. Mm -hmm. And because of my reputation in the area, I very quickly had a pretty good little book of retainer clients. But I was like, oh, I kind of hate doing this. What happened? (laughs) I was like, what happened between loving my job and now not loving the bulk of what I'm doing? And I realized it's because I was actually in the weeds a lot more. I was writing Facebook posts. I was, you know, doing the graphics, whereas at the agency, the designer and the copywriter, those folks did all that. And I really was very much project management, client management person, right? Totally. So I started talking with some of the local business owners and I started noticing as I was working with them too and developing, you know, close relationships with them. They were struggling a bit to manage their workflow. They were struggling with getting client feedback, client wanting things last minute. And I thought, huh, well, I know how to help with all of those things. (laughs) Um, And so I I said, well, let's take a look at some of that stuff because I've got some ideas. And so I started working with them locally here on getting some client processes in place, things like setting boundaries and setting expectations, getting things automated. And they loved it. I suddenly loved my job again. And, (laughs) you know, the rest is kind of history. I hired a coach to help me translate that into the online space. And and here I am. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. You're so speaking my language here because I know how difficult it is, especially in my design studio when I was running that. And that was my main thing. Like clients can be difficult. (laughs) I don't think there's any other way to put it, right? And I think that this is something that I also navigate with my clients now in coaching because they also run service-based businesses and they're doing anything from coaching to photography to design work to all these kind of service-based businesses where they have a lot of client interactions. And not only do they have client interactions, but they're very dependent on the client for feedback, right? Like if you are a designer, you're not just creating whatever the heck you want. You need feedback from the client and you need that in a somewhat normal timeline, right? So that you're not getting held up with all the other projects that you're juggling and all of the other feedback that you're getting and you can actually plan your schedule and your workload. Otherwise, it's just really hard to be creative, right? It's just really hard to keep those creative juices flowing if all of a sudden you know, a client was supposed to get back to you two weeks ago, finally gets back to you. And now you have all these projects going on at the same time. I know that that was when I found myself burning the midnight oil in particular, because I didn't necessarily have the best boundaries in place in the beginning, or didn't necessarily have the best client communication. And I know that that's something I help my clients navigate now as well. But it can be difficult. It can be really difficult to communicate those deadlines or communicate how feedback should be um, given and how the project should run. And I just think that that's so incredible that this is one of those things that you support people in. 
Yes, it really can be very difficult. And I think that's a common myth that a lot of service providers have, and and they get this myth early on, is that they're, well, you know, the client's the one who's paying me, so I kind of just need to do what they say and give them all this latitude. And the truth is, is that is not serving you, nor is it serving your client. Your client's actually going to be much happier when they have really clear deadlines. They really know what's going on. They know what your process looks like. It's going to be a much better experience for both the service provider and their clients if they're holding boundaries and setting clear expectations. Yes. Oh my goodness. So good. So can you tell me in doing this work, is there one mindset shift that's made the biggest difference for either you or your clients? Yes. And I think we're starting to touch on it. And it's this idea that we as the service provider need to burn ourselves out and just really do what the client says and just be really completely available to them versus being the leader in the business relationship. Ooh, so freaking good. I love that so much. So I know that one thing that comes up for my clients when we start having this conversation is that they're just really afraid to put too many boundaries in place. They're afraid that the client won't think that they're doing a good job. They're afraid that if they ask that feedback be given on a certain software or in a certain timeline, that clients will be upset or they're just like scared of anticipating what that reaction will be. So there's a lot of fear there. Can you speak to that a little bit and talk to me about how that actually helps to support the client in the long run rather than annoy them and make them really frustrated? Yeah. And, and, you know, I personally have seen this happen over and over again, not only in the 10 years I spent managing clients and working with different clients, but also in the business owners that I help and that I work with. I've, I've also seen this happen. Um, and think about it in this way. Would you want to go to the dentist and know that he has no other patients And you can just walk in whenever you want and say, oh, I need a cleaning or fill my cavity or I'm just right here in a, you know, and he's just like right there waiting just for you. Wouldn't that make you a little nervous? Wouldn't you you find a degree in comfort in knowing he's got a lot of other patients? (laughs) He's got things going on in his business and in his world. And he's not just sitting waiting for me to walk in the door, right? Um, Totally. And the same thing goes in this situation, right? Like, If I'm working with a copywriter and I feel like they're literally just sitting at their keyboard waiting for me to be there, that's actually going to make me a little nervous. I'm going to be like, don't, don't you have something else you should probably do? Like, am I your only client? What is going on here? (laughs) Right? So we're kind of making light of it. But when you can think of it in that different light, you can kind of start to realize, oh, my clients, they really should know that I have other clients. And that I need to serve those other clients. And if you're having a client who's giving you a hard time about that, like, why aren't you answering fast enough? Why aren't you here fast, you know, fast enough? That's something you need to remind them of is, you know, well, I have other clients and in order to respect and serve them in a, in a high way, just like I want to respect and serve you, you know, in a very high way, I need to make sure I'm being mindful of my time and respecting you know, respecting my boundaries and respecting this because you would want the same right? Totally. So I think kind of just thinking about things in that little bit different way of one, 
your clients want to know you, they want to know you have other clients and that you're busy and you're doing things, right? But they do obviously want to feel valued and supported. And so that's where just setting expectations comes into play. Um, and boundaries and expectations work really well together. And when these two things are implemented really well and implemented um, in, in conjunction with each other, your client actually feels really supported and really confident in your ability. So oftentimes while we're what happens when we're starting to experience a lot of boundary issues is because of unmet expectations. Our clients are, are sending us lots of emails. They're starting to micromanage us. They say, where are we at on this? What's going on? What are we doing? Well, why is it that the client is sending you so many emails? It's likely because they're lacking confidence in you. They're worried you're going to forget something. They're worried that something's going to slip through the cracks. So if you have shown up with confidence and set down this expectation of this is when we're going to have calls. This is what my process looks like. This is how we're going to work through this project together. And this is when and how I'm going to get back to you. You're putting that client's mind at ease and really bringing up their confidence and your ability to handle their project. So instilling that confidence through setting expectations and boundaries is really going to serve the client and you. I love that so much. And I just think that it is so incredibly important because I think that one of the key ways that you can establish that confidence with clients is being very clear about when you plan to deliver something and then sticking to that deadline or sticking to delivering when you said you would. And I have seen time and time again how this will like pull you miles ahead of any other service provider out there. Because when I was a designer, I can't tell you how many people will try to skirt deadlines or be really unclear about when you'll get something back just in case they need more time. And, you know, because uh -huh. they're creative and they might need, you know, some more wiggle room in there. And I just think that this is one of the easiest, simplest things you can do to establish that credibility and establish that confidence that the client has in you is just be really clear about when they can expect things. Be really clear about when you plan to have that turned around. And honestly, like give yourself some wiggle room there if you need to. No one's saying you have to have it turned around in 24 hours. Like you can promise 48 hours and know that you still have some extra time if you need it, or you can over deliver ahead of time. But I saw so many times and even in corporate, honestly, like even when I was working my day job, like no one wanted to commit to anything. And it's just like one of those easy things you can do. If you can make a commitment and actually stick to your commitment, people are going to have so much more confidence in your ability to do the job that you say you're going to do. Okay. You can't see me over here, but I'm like praise handsing like <laughs> crazy. Yes. Yes. All the yeses. And here's the thing. Why do these service providers get so nervous about giving a hard deadline. Oftentimes what I have seen and what my experience has been is they're worried they won't meet it. And why are they mm. worried they won't meet it is because they do not have clear processes in place and they do not manage their workflow well. So they're not exactly sure that they're going to get it to you in a couple of weeks. They're kind of hoping, but they don't want to draw that, draw that line in the sand and say, I'm going to have this to you in two weeks because deep down, they don't know if that's possible. 
Ooh, that's like so good and so incredibly true, right? Because it's almost like Mm -hmm. you almost have to work on that foundation layer first, right? You almost have to know that like what your schedule looks like and you can actually show up for the things on your schedule and actually get the work done in that time before you can have that trust in yourself to actually commit to deadlines and meet those deadlines, right? So it's almost like you have to dial it all the way back to... Like, what am I actually doing today? What does the workflow look like? What am I showing up for? How am I getting it done? And then it makes it so much easier to communicate that to the client, right? And actually know that you're going to be able to show up, that you're actually going to be able to meet your commitments, that you're actually going to be able to get your work done. And guys, people just want you to do good work and get your work done and they want to pay you so they don't have to worry about it. Right? Like when when I'm hiring someone, I just want to know that they're going to get it done. They're going to do a good job. Not saying that there won't be hiccups. I think that's almost expected when you work with any kind of service provider. But I think that people just fundamentally want to know that you like what you're doing. You're doing a good job and you're going to get it done. You know? Yes, exactly. And I want to circle back for a minute to where you mentioned, yes, you do need to know what your internal process and your internal workflow looks like before you can be setting that expectation with your client and letting them know, right? Like, hey, this is what's up. So as part of every onboarding system that I set up for my clients, and I recommend every service provider has this in their client onboarding process, is an expectations email. You may also hear this called like a getting started email or a how I work email. And in it, one of the things you need to include is your process overview and deliverables because you need to set that expectation. So an example I like to give is, let's say you are a web like your due websites. So maybe in the beginning, what may likely happen is you're spending a lot of a lot of time with your client. You're talking about design. You're getting that content. You're working very closely with them. But now it's time for you as the designer to go and maybe work with the coder and get the whole thing built, right? So now all that FaceTime with your client is kind of starting to fall off. So what your client is experiencing though is, Hmm, I was hearing from the web designer almost every day or very frequently. I was getting emails and updates and proofs. I haven't heard from them in a week. What is going on? And they're going to start sending you emails and checking about things, you know, and now you're the service writer and you're like, oh my gosh, they, they want this done right away. It's not done yet. And they're sending me all these emails. When the truth is, is if you'd have just set that expectation up front with your client that said, for the first two or three weeks of our time together, we're going to be working very, very closely with each other. We're going to have a couple of meetings and you're going to hear from me a lot, but then there's going to be two weeks and I'm going to retreat and I'm going to be working hard on building out the code and thinking through your SEO and doing all that backend stuff. And I'm going to touch base with you after that. And that's when we're going to have our call. So one, you need to know that your workflow, what that's going to look like so you can communicate that to the client. Two, after you have communicated that to the client, during these two weeks of silence from you or not a lot of feedback from you, your client's not stressed out thinking, what is going on? They forgot I'm on my project. They're not going to get it done on time. They're excited. They're like, oh, this is the good part. This is where they're building it out. It's all going to look great. I'm so looking forward. 
you know, like to our big call where we talk about it. And so now you're able to set that expectation, which is now going to save you all that time and all that headache of fielding all of those client emails and all of those messages, and then putting all that stress on yourself as well when you're getting those emails. Oh my goodness. So good. Because I think the tendency there is to be like, why is this client reaching out to me again? Or why am I getting 40 emails about this when it's very clear that it's in development now? Right. And I think that that's just so helpful to know, because if you can know that that's just simply because the expectation hasn't been communicated yet, then that's a really easy problem to solve, right? Like that's just one email. And I think sometimes we're so afraid of sending that one email. We're so afraid of putting that together to begin with, or we're afraid that they're going to be upset that we have those kind of boundaries or that kind of workflow in place or that we're doing it wrong in some way, that we're so hesitant to put that in place. And then that causes all this drama later on in the project, especially in that example you just gave, because you could have saved yourself like 40 emails at that point, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so much drama and so much stress by simply establishing that workflow up front. So I think sometimes it's really easy to be like, oh, I don't need that. Or like, they just, they'll get it. It's fine. When in actuality, like you're, you're having these difficulties later on in that project because you didn't establish those boundaries up front, because you didn't establish that workflow and communicate it up front. So I think that sometimes that's helpful to see because it's almost one of those things that we kind of want to skirt around. Sometimes we're like, oh, we don't really need that, right? Yeah. <laughs> in actuality, sure. it just saves you so much headache, so many headaches down the line. It totally does because these things then start to compound, right? Or maybe the client isn't sending you and you think, oh, well, they don't send me a lot of emails. That doesn't mean they're not internally going, oh my God, is this web designer going to deliver? Oh, what are they doing? Like, I haven't heard from them, right? So, And now all of a sudden, another week goes past, and now you're getting, maybe your client's feeling aloof, or you're not getting the warm and fuzzies anymore, or they're really skeptical about what you've put together. And you're as a service writer thinking like, why are they so skeptical? Like, I don't understand. Well, in their mind, you have just ghosted them for two or three weeks. And you don't know what now the story they have created around all of this. So a lot of this really is getting that open communication, setting those expectations. And that just leads to a much better process. It saves you tons of time and headache and just much happier clients. Oh, so good. Honestly, I love conversations like this one because it totally shifts what you think you need to be a successful business owner. Because when you have the mindset you need to show up as a trustworthy service provider that delivers without making themselves miserable in the process, not only does your confidence shift, but so do your results. You feel better about yourself, the work you do, and how you help your clients to get results, and that only benefits your ability to sell in your business. Hello, more income and more impact. Chances are you're not nearly as far away from landing those dreamy clients on repeat as you may think. That's yet another reason I created my sincere sales coaching call. So you have the mindset you need to actually feel good about selling in your business and can make money on repeat. You'll walk away from this call with one simple shift you can take to start closing more sales than ever before. I only do three of these each week and they've been going fast. So grab your spot at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales before they're gone. So 
I know that the other thing that comes up for clients sometimes is scope creep, which for people who don't know, is just clients asking for more things than you had originally quoted, you had originally committed to, um, and just starting to kind of pile on the requests without necessarily thinking about how it could be costing them more money or it could be costing you more time or just not really paying attention to the difference in what the original commitment was versus what is happening now. Do you have any advice for people who have been through that or are currently experiencing that? Yes, I do. Um, Scope creep is a a big problem. And then again, this, oh, it comes back to why does that often happen? That unmet expectation. We weren't clear up front. I've worked with so many business owners and they say, oh, well, I ended up doing this report for this client. I'm like, well, why do you do that report for this this client? Well, they asked me and I never really said it wasn't included. And so I just felt like I had to do it. And you now have put yourself in this corner where you're like, oh, I could see where maybe they were confused. This was included, but it's not really included. That's why it's called scope creep, right? Like it's yeah. just those little tasks, right? That are kind of falling just outside of what really should be included. Um, and the best, but they can add up. They sure can. They sure can. And then just what happens though is we get ourselves in an uncomfortable situation because look, you're the business owner. If something's not included, you should feel totally empowered to tell your client, I'm sorry, but that's not included or that's an additional charge. But I also know for a lot of service providers, our willingness to serve our, our desire to give a really quality product and a really quality experience makes us kind of say, okay, like I'll go ahead and do it. I'll go ahead and do it. Right. So the way we can keep ourselves from getting in that situation to begin with is again, coming back to that expectations email process overview and deliverables, have your deliverables in there, meaning what is included? What exactly are you going to be working on and what is included in the investment of this particular project, the retainer, whatever it looks like for you. A second part to that is I've had business owners say like, oh, well, I put it in my contract, so I'm covered. Okay. I love that you have it in your contract, but raise your hands <laughs> if you you read every line of every contract you sign. <laughs> um, let's be honest. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. And you're... You know, your client's in a different mindset when they're reading a contract, right? They're, they're not necessarily focusing on that. So I always recommend, and I always automate this through Dubsado. They have a really easy way to automate this little workflow here. You have your proposal, contract, and invoice. It all gets sent with one simple button. And when your client hits that button, what pops up is called the proposal, but I love to use this as your deliverables. And that's what I highlight right there. These are the deliverables of the project and get those specifics down. This is how many calls you're going to have. This is the product that you're going to get, whether it's a website of five pages, it's X number of words of copy, it's X number of images, whatever that looks like. And then they have to click submit, right? They have to confirm that they have looked at this. Then they get pushed to your contract. They can go down, they sign the contract, and then it pushes right on where you can either collect Um, whatever payment that you need a deposit, the full payment, whatever that looks like, you can go ahead and do that. So I love that little one, two, three process. It's super easy to automate through Dubsado because then you know your client has looked at those deliverables. And 
what's even better too is you feel confident moving forward when they say, oh, I thought this was included. If you can refer back to the proposal and the contract that you signed off on, it's actually not included, right? Yes. I love that so much because I think that it's you're right. It's so easy to skim over the deliverables and the contract because I think a lot of people are, they're just like looking for other things in the contract. They're not necessarily looking Correct. at what the deliverables are. I think at that point, they're already in the mindset of, okay, like this is my person. This is the person I'm going with. This is like, great, let's get started. And they're just not really like looking at deliverables at that point. Like they've already made up their mind. So I think that when deliverables are buried inside the contract, it can almost feel especially if it's down the line when when you're at the point of telling them about scope creep, it can almost feel like there's a tiny bit of like deceit or distrust there, which obviously is not what we're going for here. Right. So when you pull the, the deliverables out and you put them like front and center like that, I think that that is just like leading with in the best possible way, right? Like just leading with those deliverables, making that super clear. And then when it does get to a point where they're asking for XYZ report and that's not included, it's very apparent and you feel more comfortable quoting, right? Because it's not only about the client and them knowing what exactly what they're getting, which of course is important, but it's also for you too. So you know exactly what it is that you signed on for. So when you do have to push back and say, hey, no, actually that would be an additional cost of this, you feel really good and confident about saying that instead of being like, well, it was kind of wishy-washy in my contract. It was kind of wishy-washy in the proposal I sent over. So I guess I'll just do it, right? Like two totally different mindsets there. Exactly. Or the other thing I hear is, well, I tell them on the discovery call. Yeah. Okay. But they may likely be having, you know, two, three or four discovery calls. And, you know, those are organic conversations. And it is really difficult to cite back to the discovery call because you're just going to end up in a, well, I said it on the discovery call. No, you didn't, <laughs> right? Like um, maybe, and it's not that someone's lying. It's just a whole different vibe that's going on in a discovery call. And it could very easily gotten gotten missed. Either you forgot to say it, they didn't hear it, whatever that looks like. So you can just have that there. And you're, you're right. It's just leading with integrity and just making sure everybody's on the same page. And another thing you can do is you can start also planting the seed. This is, you know, a little bit of a sales mindset around this is planting the seed that there are other little things you could do for them with a little bit extra cost. So for example, on my proposal, I offer done for you services for Dubsado workflows. And I say, you know, two workflows are included in this. And then there's, you know, a little note at the bottom, additional workflows are available, you know, for a bid or an additional cost. So you can already start to say, okay, we're going to have a five-page website. Copy can be added, you know, copy can be written for an additional charge. So then you're not getting yourself in a situation where you're missing out on the, the opportunity for additional work by saying, case closed, this is what I offer. Um, you can even start to hint, like, these are some of the add-ons that I have 
feel free to choose them. And I think that just creates even more safety within the relationship too, because then they know like, okay, if I do need that additional web page, or if I do decide that the about page needs to be different than this other page, then that's totally fine. And I can just hire her for that additional page, right? So I think it just, again, really establishes what those expectations are, because then they know up front, like, that's totally fine. She can handle it. It's it's just going to cost me this much extra, right? And I think that that is so helpful too, because then you're right. Like they're so much more likely to add on that additional service or add on that additional website page or copywriting or whatever it is, because they know that one, you can handle it, two, how much it's going to cost, and three, that it's not included in this service, but that's fine and it's still open and available to them, right? Yeah, exactly. And then it does feel less icky if you're kind of in the middle of a project and it's like, oh yeah, but I could write the copy for you for more money, right? And you're they're kind of like, right. whoa, like where did that come from? <laughs> like, I haven't heard anything about this. Already a pain point, right? Like right. it's already like one of those things where you're like, ooh, that's touchy. Like, I really don't want to write this copy. And then they're like, well, I could do it for a fee, right? As opposed right. to really establishing that up front. Yeah, it could come across a little sketchy. Like, wait a second, now you're a copywriter too. What? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. So true. And just like so important um to establish those expectations up front. I just love that so much. So do you have any other tips for us about how we could free up time and start feeling like a CEO in our businesses? Yeah, I think automation is a really important piece of your client management processes. There are a lot of things that can easily be automated through a CRM. My favorite is Dubsado. I know you've heard me talking about it a couple of times already. Um, but things like that expectations email that can be sent automatically once the contract signs. Um, if you do any sort of client check-ins, questionnaires that you're sending out for your clients, follow-up emails if the questionnaire hasn't been completed, all these sort of things that can take up a lot of time and really that mental space, right? Of, oh, did they fill out that contract? Oh, did they pay? I got to send that other invoice. Did I get them that questionnaire? Have they answered the questionnaire in enough time for the call? This starts to eat up a lot of mental space and time because now we're going back in and we're having to check, where was I at with that client? Did they get me what I need? When is our next call? Where if you can get a lot of these things automated, it frees up so much mental space, number one, and then two, actual time and hours spent of you not having to kind of continually monitor double check, and then be sending follow-up emails and follow-up invoice payments and such. And the point I really want to drive home here is that that takes up so much mental space because I think that it's really easy to be like, oh no, like it's just that one invoice or oh no, it's just that one reminder email. But these really stack up, right? So if you have 10 clients and you have to remember every single reminder email and every single questionnaire and did they, did I answer that question and did I send that invoice? Like, 
that is too much. <laughs> like your, your brain yes. does not have capacity for all of those things. And that can so much better serve you and other areas of your business where you can work in your zone of genius, where you have the space you need to actually do the CEO thinking in your business. And it does not have to be tied up in these little like menial tasks. And I can't tell you how many people I work with and I have totally like, I will raise my hand here. I've totally been here too, that we will like bury our heads in these menial tasks because they feel productive, right? Like they feel really good to be like, oh yeah, I sent out that invoice. Oh yeah. I followed (laughs) up with that client, right? It's like check, 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 check. But these are not the tasks that move your business forward in a big way. And I think that's the difference, right? So when we're talking about automating, we're not just saying like automate so that you have a little bit more time. We're saying like, automate so that you can clear up the brain space to do the most important work that is going to make your business grow in a massive way. It's not just freeing up that one task or that 15 minutes. It's freeing up the brain space to take you to that next level, to hit that next income goal, to do that next thing. And I just think that that's like so important to underline here. Yes, it is so important. So many of the business owners I come to, this is one of their their pain points is they spend so much time just really like combing over a to-do list, going back and double checking. Do I have the questionnaire I need to give to my designer? Do I have the bullet points I need before our next call? And then they're double checking and then they're double checking and then they're going back. And then despite all of this double checking and this you know tedious following up, things still will end up getting missed. And it does, it stacks up. Most of the clients I work with report saving a minimum of five hours per week after That's working insane. with me. That is how much time can get wasted on, oh, I got to send an email. Oh, I got to double check. And again, that mental space where we kind of are just sit and we're just kind of like swirling in it and we're thinking about it and we're, you know, checking our calendar and we're double back in our email again, right? Or just getting caught up in the mental drama. I can't tell you yeah. like how many people I talk to and they're like, well, yeah, but then I just like read it five more times and I was like, well, I don't know. Should I say that? Yep. Should I, like, <laughs> Do you know how much of that you save if it's just in a workflow? Like it just goes out. That's it. Exactly. The end. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so true. And then the worst too is when it starts getting wrapped up in payments. Like, Oh, I forgot to send an invoice. I need to follow up on invoices. Oh, I, they really had, they should have paid me a couple days ago. Should I follow up now? Should I follow up later? Get you a payment schedule set up in Dubsado and you don't have to worry about it. It gets paid and you don't have to worry about following up. Should I follow up? Should I not? And like you said, kind of laboring over what does that email say? Should I check it this? You know, should I follow up after these number of days and all that drama? So true. Oh, so much drama. All right. (laughs) So Melissa, if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? So you can find me at my website or on Facebook. So I'm on Facebook at, at follow Melissa V, like Victor, Melissa V Morris. And then I also have a little freebie for you. It's a client onboarding checklist. And within that checklist, there's actually a link also to snag a template expectations email. So this, you can use this email. It's virtually like a swipe file, total plug and play. And you can use it to start setting your boundaries, your expectations. It will help you start getting clear on that. So you can start getting a good process in place for yourself and start saving yourself some time. 
You can find that at melissavmorris.com slash checklist. Oh my goodness. So good. You guys heard it. Go grab that swipe copy so that you can get that expectation emails in your system so that you do not have to worry about this anymore. Think about how much drama you are saving yourself down the line, how many hours you will not have to spend wondering if they actually know what's going on or actually know what your workflow looks like because they will know up front. Melissa, it was such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Give me two seconds here. We have got another plane. Oh my gracious. <laughs> you weren't I have no idea what is going on today. It's like super loud too. It's it not is. just like a little one. <laughs> no, it's tr it's strangely loud. Yes, I agree.